You're listening to episode 178 of the Writing Life podcast from the National Centre for Writing, a weekly podcast for anyone who writes. I'm Simon Jones, and it is the 18th of January 2022 here in Norwich as I'm recording. On the show today, we have Lucy Van Smit. Lucy is an award-winning author, screenwriter, and artist who's worked internationally for NBC News, has made documentaries for Canadian TV on writers like John le Carré and Ian McEwan. And in 2018, her debut novel, The Hurting, won the inaugural Bath Children's Novel Award. She's now put together a writer's journal workbook for writers and artists, which is jam-packed with bite-sized exercises and tips for dismantling writer's block, improving observational skills, developing characters, and much more. It's designed to help new writers get started, find their voice, and improve their skills. I talked to Lucy about her own struggles with writer's block, which she experienced after publishing her first novel, and how creating the writer's journal helped her as much as anyone who might actually pick it up and read it. Even better news is that we have a discount for Writing Life listeners, courtesy of our friends over at Bloomsbury. Until the 1st of March 2022, anyone in the UK can get 25% off the workbook as long as you buy through the Bloomsbury website. The code is AWJW25 and you'll find a link to the book down in the show notes. Okay, so here's me chatting with Lucy. Lucy, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Simon, for inviting me. I'm thrilled. No, not at all. So yeah, we're here to talk about a writer's journal workbook, which is coming out at the end of this month and is a a hefty book that covers so much ground. I've been going through it and, and doing the exercises. And I was curious about when you start putting together something like this, how do you decide where you're pitching it you know what what kind of writers did you have in mind when you were putting this together I think originally it came out from an observation of how anxious writers were that I'm seeing very successful writers and I really looked at this sort of conundrum where when we first start to write we have this sort of just exuberance and we love it and it's thrilling and I was seeing writers lose that love of that passion and I really wanted to say what if we could turn that boat around so I started from a premise of let's help writers to thrive so it was very much aimed at the writers in my life but also an emerging writer I just thought the greatest gift a writer has a beginner is their a potential to have a childlike approach, to be unselfconscious, to be to play, to see life with awe. And I wanted to recapture that sense of that creativity for a beginner writer and say, these are some of the mistakes I see writers make. A lot of them have to do with neuroscience and very simple things that we are making mistakes. You can avoid that. And just to keep your attention and focus on the things that light you up. So a writer, I think often um, we push ourselves to write and we've got got busy lives. You've got kids to get off to school. You've got to go to work. You're exhausted. And sometimes the last thing you feel like doing is writing. And if an actor approached their play that way when they went on stage, they would just freak out. And there were a lot of techniques um, from that that just help us overcome our fear, like the fear of the blank page great tip from um, you McGaggart to actually look at it as an old friend and you're slightly just slightly changing it's just a tilt on the lens on what you're looking at so instead of things being um, always scary and unknown you actually sort of lean in and it's curiosity and excitement and awe so it's just a, a such a gentle kindness approach 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, I've definitely noticed that you know the book puts a lot of effort into you know you've identified all these pitfalls and uh, and you kind of dangle ladders down to people who have fallen into them almost. Um, and you know, some the, the book is full of exercises, like all the way through. It's it's a very practical, interactive kind of workbook. It's not something you just read. You know, you're you're actively challenging the person who's going through the book to to be part of it as well. Um, quite often, you know, some of those exercises can be a bit challenging, and then you turn the page over and you've already kind of uh, got something ready for someone who maybe has had trouble with it. And you've got another exercise or another tip or something to, to kind of uh, help them get over those hurdles that they're going to be bumping into. Yeah, I, th- I think that was um, really deliberate. Luckily for me, writers and artists here book are very practical. They wanted the book to have prompts and the workbook. I had come at it at a different approach. I had come in it as journaling. My core belief is that we can really help writers. Um, I had bonkers um, writers, um, what do you call it, writer's block after my first novel. And I re- I didn't even know we could regulate our anxiety. I, I had to learn all those skills. I didn't know that a lot of things that we do as writers make us very anxious. Like even now, um, the screen being 12, 15 inches away. In neuroscience, we're focusing our attention. And back in the day, when you focus like that, we only did that when there was danger and it makes us anxious and we hold our breath. We have all these habits that are so simple to to fix if we know what we're doing. So, yeah, I did come at it on a multi-dimensional um, level, the neuroscience, the acting, spirituality. But for this book, writers and artists were very clear it's practical. Give them an exercise. So I use writing techniques to do spiritual things. So the very first exercise is called the naming game. And that's designed to um, make you present, but through your through your writing, not woohoo, but just look up what you see and start naming things. And when you, I don't know if you tried it, but when you try it, um, you start feeling very present and you actually sort of calm down in your body. You can feel your body calming down. I really enjoyed uh, those exercises, actually, um, because, you know, the book starts off from the point of view of addressing people who are not yet writing or who are maybe struggling to, to get writing. And um, I'm quite fortunate in that I, I find it relatively easy to write. Obviously, how good the writing is is a whole other matter. So I was kind of like, I'm not sure if these exercises will apply to me, but I started giving them a go. And as you say, you you kind of slip into being so much more present in your surroundings and observing stuff that you didn't realize was there, even if it's, you know, I was doing it in my kitchen, which I'm in every mm. single day. And then you start doing these exercises and you're like, oh, I didn't know that was there. <laughs> you start spotting all these different bits and pieces. I think, uh, you know, the first what third of the book is very much about kind of unlocking someone's observational skills, which mm. then obviously will play into their ability to then write and set scenes and observe characters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important. And it, it's, I guess my background is an artist and a TV maker, a documentary maker. So observation is we forget how useful it is. And it it's what you notice about something and how you react to it that makes you a writer. And one of the gifts I think we can give emergent writers is to just explain to them that they're really important, what they think matters, not what somebody else says, what they think. And it's you know, the intention is for to connect a writer to themselves, a really sense of being grounded in who they are. So again, it weaves in. It's sort of like I, w- I wanted to repurpose an emerging writer's life skills so they don't come to it 
yes, there might be a beginner, but as my son would say, being a beginner doesn't mean to say you're stupid. You don't need a dumbed down book. What you need is to see, oh my goodness, I can do this and I have it. I have all these skills inside me I can use for writing. And a lot of the skills that you use at the pub, you can apply to your characters. What do I see? How do I feel about this? What do I notice? How does this make me feel? And that understanding that what is specific to you in your life, however tiny, the more personal and more in it you can get, the more universal that appeal is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what sets this apart from uh, other you know, practical books is that it's as much about the writer as it is about the writing. And your mm. approach is very much that you, know, you have to have both of them kind of functioning well in order for something, you know, a book to come out the other end. You, know, you, you can learn all the techniques and the theory that you want, but if, if the writer as a person is not quite in the right place, then it's going to make everything harder. Yeah. And I, I think also I did it the wrong way around. So I learned a lot about craft. I geeked out on it. I mean, you know, I spent 12 years doing like screenwriting, every, every book. I, I mean, I, every conference, every festival, I, I went to everything, read everything. And I think you can end up with all the skill and nothing to say. So we start at the wrong end. And the premise for the, um, was really, what if we look at our life through the wrong end of everything? You know, what if meaning and purpose for a writer are easy to find? It's not difficult. It's actually present in every moment. And that's why one of the exercises in the book, I absolutely adore um, the poet David White and his poem, Start Close In. And it's, again, this whole theme of the book is start close in on yourself, observe yourself, notice. And it's that sense of you have to champion yourself as a writer. And you have to be rock solid in yourself before you even think about getting published because you're suddenly going to be, it's like getting into the dating game. And, you know, people are going to look at you saying, oh, I don't like your nose. Or, Can you lose <laughs> the beard? And you'll, you'll lose yourself. If, you, if you're not grounded in who you are, you will have hell as an author. You know, you know this, you've seen it. And what I noticed about some of these exercises is you start becoming really present in your everyday and you start, you have this sort of gap between the nonsense going on in your head and this other side, um, this other side of you, that's the writer, the observer. And you start seeing this space and you're sort of connecting to a much, much deeper side of yourself. So whether you want to call that your soul or just the inner writer. Yeah. And I think, what works really nicely is that it's all it's all very bite-sized as well. Um, you know, what we've been talking about uh, in the podcast so far, it might sound a little bit heavy, but it's really not. Yeah. It's no. very easy. It's really fun to get into. You can sit down for 10 minutes, do an exercise. Uh, you know, each page has, has yeah. a, a little bit that takes you slightly further, accumulates your knowledge and, and your observational skills over time. You know, it's, it's not like you, you give someone an assignment that's going to take them days to do. Uh, every no, time you I, open the book you you feel like you're getting something done yeah I, the, the whole and let's thank goodness again to the writers and artists yearbook because they you know you can see I can go off, off on one but they said no you know bring it back what is one thing the premise is a little know-how keeps you going very simply and the great thing about writing one sentence is you start stitching it together and suddenly you realize oh one sentence leads to this if you break your book down into writing scenes this is what a slightly longer exercise, you know, might take you an hour, but suddenly you step, you're stepping, 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 and you've got your book done. And you, 
if you tried to write the whole book at the beginning, you'd stop. So a lot of the exercises are as simple as the sort of, you know, couch to 5K approach. Just write for one minute today or t- put yourself 20 minutes, write for one, rest for one, write for one, rest for one. And you say, oh, I can do that. And it's and then tomorrow have a rest day and start very, it's the principle of starting very slowly but it seeps into you and it, it's something that becomes a pleasure and a joy. So yes, it childlike playfulness, all those things, looking at life and your writing and yourself with awe is, is the sort of really core to the book. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose something uh, I haven't mentioned is the, 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 the nature of the book, which is that there is space within the book for the reader slash writer to, to write in. You know, it's not that uh, they have to go off and get their own journal or their own notebook. You know, they, you write straight into the book. Uh, it reminds me of some of, I've got some art books that do a similar thing where you go through the book and you're scribbling into the book itself. And there's something immensely yeah. satisfying about that, I think, in that you just want this one one object and as long as you've got a pen or a pencil, uh, that's all you need to, to start progressing through it. Is that kind of a, a, a writer's and artist's thing? Uh, or is that kind of something you wanted to do? It's it was kind of a, um, a mixture between two of us. Writing into the book, I think, is really important because what I didn't want to be is in relationship with a reader, the sense that I know more than they do. What I want them is to rip this book apart, scribble into it, react to it instantly. If you don't do it straight away, something will get in the way and you won't write. But if somebody's saying to you, stop right now, look up one minute, just write down, name what you are seeing and notice what happens to your body instantly scribble in the margins write your in- own insights at the end one of the mistakes i made was my all my insights were scattered in notebooks and it just having that sense keep it together i i did want a reader to close the book as a writer and say i've got this you know i don't know everything but i know enough to start today and feel great in myself i can do this it definitely challenges readers you know it starts off gently very much you know, anyone who is not yet writing or is experiencing any kind of block or difficulty you know it leads them in in a very kind way but you definitely challenge challenge people to look at themselves and their practice and uh everything from you know their, their personal setup to the, the, the aspects of craft that they do so you know what you said earlier about you know it's not a dumbed down thing it's not it's not uh, aimed at beginners in a simplistic way. It's very much you, you increasingly kind of get more and more under the skin, don't you? Yes. And it, it was my son is severely dyslexic and very bright, but he was always taught, um, you know, if you have anything as a beginner, they teach you like you're an idiot. And he was very clear when we saw the first drafts of just the type layout. Don't present this as if I'm stupid just because I'm a beginner. And the whole thing about being a writer is you have to have writing confidence. You have to be confident in yourself. Yeah, this is what I think, right or wrong, this is me. So a lot of the exercise come back to how do you get that sense of this is me. That kind of approach of you know, that mindfulness and kindness to yourself, and is that something that you have found through your creative pursuits and, and artistry? Or is it something that you, you had to do in order to be able to, to be a creative person? I had to learn it to be a creative person again. Uh, after the publication of my first novel, I hit a really awful patch of writer's block. Um, I mean, I linked like a tsunami of anxiety coming at me to the point I couldn't walk up the stairs to my study, let alone sit down and write. The minute I thought about writing, I got terrified 
and I had to stop completely what I was trying to do. And I also had a you know very bad accident. Uh, I had surgery and stuff. I had to learn to be kind and understand what is going on here, and almost retrace my steps. And some of the most amazing things came out of writing this book for me. I mean, just absolutely transformational. One of which was curing my lifelong insomnia, which I've had for sixty years. And another was this scent. Always, I didn't know how to do things properly. And I could see in myself that I overstudy because I have this feeling I don't know how to do that properly. So I'll read one more book. And I was my biggest resistant was to know who I am myself. I will go read something on the Enneagram, a Briggs Smile personality test. I will do anything to avoid looking inside. And that's what came about um, for me as I ended up looking inside. When you start breaking down your life and look back, intersections and, and for me it was very useful to look at it in seven year chunks which is a Rudolf Steiner approach so you look at your first seven years and when I looked at my very earliest memory my first memory is being hit by my mother for not making my bed properly I was three years old I didn't think anything of it I've always known that was my first memory but I didn't know what it meant and what it meant for me and it'll be different the first memory for anyone or early memory is that moment got time gets frozen so that sense of you don't know how to do things properly got frozen for me and I associated the bed with attack an unwarranted attack um mm. and I, once I went back and looked at it and I storied this is what's so brilliant about being a writer is we ha- appear to have the most anxiety amongst creatives and the studies show that but you also as a writer have the greatest skills to rewrite stuff and it's incredibly powerful. I just went back and rewrote that scene, literally like you'd write a screenplay, rewrote it. And you wouldn't think something that simple could transform your life, but it did. I don't have, um, I, it just completely transformed my life was using some of the principles in the book. Just look at yourself and just think, oh, and it's not blaming anything. I could give you a hundred reasons why that happened from my mum's point of view. Um, it's not about blaming. It's actually just seeing who you are and letting it go and realizing all my life I was driven by, I don't know how to do things properly, but it became a great strength. When I was in television, I wasn't a journalist. I hadn't done English. I'm interviewing authors and filming them, but I came at it as from as an artist and it was a huge benefit. Not knowing something is can be your greatest strength and that's what I found and that's one of the senses I wanted to give a sort of fellow writer is look what skills you have you might be a vet you might be a a homemaker you might be able to negotiate with a two-year-old which is a lot easier than your boss at work you have these skills um and that's that's what I just wanted to get so being kind I was not kind to myself I I had to literally fall flat out my face before I started being kind yeah, and as writers, you know, we're particularly vulnerable to that, I think, because other creative pursuits often involve some some form of teamwork. So you have other people there, don't you? And uh, that that can be a support, and it can help you see your place in the project and that kind of thing. Uh, as a writer, you're often in a room by yourself, just with you and your brain, and that that can be brilliant, or it can be difficult, and yeah, all those frustrations that can come out and then get in the way of the writing as well. Um, and, and, you know, the, the workbook does such a good job, kind of quite subtly, uh, of of giving the reader slash writer exercises and ways to start thinking about some of that stuff. 
and also what, what we don't have in a team, you know, with a team, they can amplify your brilliance. They can say, hey, Simon, you're smashing it today. You did a great job. I can see this future career for you. You're going smash. We don't have that in a room on our own. And I think one of the other things um, that causes a problem for uh, writers is we have this myth that writing is about our brain and our mind and we don't use our bodies. And every other creative person, whether you're a dancer or a musician, you are using your body as an instrument. And if you don't use your body or you don't know how to use your body enough, it creates a much greater anxiety and there's so much wisdom in your body again that when we tune into it a bit more as a writer you can move further forward and a lot of that has been compounded in the various lockdowns and covid where you know it's not just writers who are shut up in their studies or whatever everyone for periods have have been kind of isolated and stuck in place and like you were saying you your your body becomes less relevant if, if you're not careful because you have no need for it you're just you know, you're stuck in one building and can't do anything and but you have to make yourself go out for a walk or go and observe and have that kind of broader experience yeah and walking i mean we've known forever about walking writers you know from wordsworth and way earlier but the thing that's really interesting about walking for a writer is it grounds you so often you might be up in your head in a way but when you go out for a walk, you're grounded, connected back to yourself, back to the ground. And also um, when you walk, your eyes move laterally. Um, you don't even realise they're doing it. And it's your eye, that eye movement from side to side when you walk that tells your brain you're safe. There's no danger there. You haven't frozen. You're walking forward. So walking is incredibly powerful for a writer. It also, um, there's a two-part process for your brain that you effort in on the first part when you're writing, you might be struggling with a bit of writing, but that's only part one of how your brain works. The second part is how your brain organizes it and you need to be totally relaxed for that. So if you struggle with something and then go for a walk, your brain will sort it out. And I could go into the neurochemicals, what's actually happening, but instinctively writers know that. And if you, as a writer, every time you feel a bit stressed at the screen, just look up at the, outside the window let your eyes go panoramic and you will you can feel your body calm down and with all the, some of the very simple techniques like the naming game is you start not, you just become more you notice you're more observational about yourself and you start listening um, to, to your body what just to pick up from your earlier question about kindness one of the things if you kept come like I did from an sort of authoritarian background, is you dismiss yourself. You you learn to dismiss what you actually feel and think. And you also dismiss your own guidance. So even when stuff is coming in to you that you could use, you sort of dismiss it. And again, when you're much calmer and more grounded in yourself, you start noticing things and, oh, that's the answer. And that's another thing I learned in the book was it seems to be a lot about your intention to write, what you're trying to say, and asking a question and inviting that question in and paying attention to the answer because it will come in a very different way to what you expect. And it is once you start hooking all the aspects of yourself up, it's a completely thrilling experience. And it's something that you can set up and come back to your work the next day with joy rather than that sort of grim feeling we often have like, oh God, I should be writing, you know, that awful voice in our head saying, I should, I should, I should. Well, you know, 
what if you could set it up that you actually it was a delight to go back to work it's actually your greatest joy and you know you're fitting everything in with ease so yeah I was definitely coming in with a sense of what if we didn't have to grow through suffering what if we could grow through joy and delight I mean all, all of us at some point uh, would have felt that joy and excitement of writing because otherwise we wouldn't have got into it in the yeah. first place um, but yeah as yeah. you say it's, it's easy to to kind of go off the path and lose track of that stuff and I think what the workbook you put together uh, does a nice job of it's almost like a little map back to finding th- that that kind of feeling that you would have had in the early days you know yeah and to keep to keep tapping into that so it's it's you know we obviously you know call it a journey um but it's almost like a spiral that you're always returning back to yourself so you can go so far be always returning and it, it's to keep that sense of wonder while you're working and very simple techniques like praising yourself if you say hey simon good job i showed up on time for that interview i cracked it i did my <laughs> research praise releases dopamine and you feel better if you criticizing yourself you're releasing these other stress hormones which actually have the effect that you don't want to write because you're going to associate the writing with discomfort and you yeah. start avoiding it and you can t- it's, it's such a simple thing but you can turn that around and i do think one of the reasons why writers can end up having a problem just with that lack of engagement with their own work is unconsciously we've made um a neural connection with discomfort and writing so i was trying to say try this it's simpler but keep your eye on this keep your eye where you want to go don't keep looking at all the sort of you know the bogeyman look where you want to go and that's a driving technique you don't if you're avoiding a crash you don't look at the crash you avoid it you steer where you want to go and and our writers need to do that you know aim where do you want to go don't don't get lost in the woods yeah absolutely well the workbook is out uh, january the 20th and then what is what is next for you so your your first novel came out in 2018 are you working on any further projects well i'm still under contract for a second um novel a children's novel i also for this project ended up writing two books i wrote um a more a, a sort of more of a soul um approach that i was absolutely fascinated by but then i had to make it more practical for writers and artists yearbook and very practical for we know all this stuff you know we know um we need to exercise we need to eat we know all that but we don't do it so it's finding a way through the writing how we can have a better life and be connected to the writing so i do want to put finish that book i mean it's written i've got another novel um young adult novel i've written i'd also like to write a screenplay yeah, no shortage of projects. No shortage of projects. <laughs> and actually, uh, but my pressing moment today is getting my 20-year-old off to uni. Oh, wow. It's always fitting your life in, isn't it? But what's what I'm really grateful to write as an artist yearbook folk is um, this completely sort of reinvigorated um, my love to write and be creative. And I'm forever grateful for that. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's funny because that's that's obviously the point of the book, and I, I love that it did that for you as the creator of the book yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, and much more so than I, I, you know, we had a very tight word count, we had a very tight word um, page count, so there's no fancy writing. I mean, we stripped it down to the bone. I, you know, I could say one thing about dialogue, one thing. What's the most useful thing you would need to know about plotting? Something very simple. One of the best techniques I did learn, and it's so simple is this the difference between when you come at something like a mouse and a, an eagle. So 
if I had one tip for a writer, it would be write your first draft without stopping. Something I've never been able to do, but I know it's the best way forward because what happens when you keep stopping and editing, you become a mouse and you think you're working really well because you're editing, you're fixing. But actually what's happened is you've actually frozen, you're working on something a tiny scale and you need to almost soar up above your writing again and look down on it and have a bigger picture and move forward and get it done and I I think often um, just remembering go up when you're stuck just go up soar over the writing and just look at it um, and I find often plotting for me I often put I use a huge like a yoga mat and put all the post-its down and then stand up and look at it and you get this sense of flow and energy and excitement um, whereas I absolutely love editing but it's because I feel safe, you know, that's, and you have to be a bit brave. <laughs> I love the idea of soaring over your writing. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, well, Lucy, thanks so much for your time. And uh, the, the book is full of brilliant exercises as well. So hopefully lots of people will go and check it out. Thank you, Simon. And thank you for your wonderful podcast. It's such a gift for writers. Thanks for listening. And many thanks to Lucy for coming on the show. I have a little bit of news myself. After five years of being at the National Centre for Writing and 178 episodes of the podcast, I am moving on to other opportunities. But don't worry, the podcast will of course continue under the stewardship of Steph and will be switching to fortnightly for a while. If you want to keep up with what I'm doing, do come and find me at simonkjones.substack.com. Meanwhile, you can find out about everything the National Centre for Writing is up to over on Twitter and Instagram at Writers Centre over on our Facebook page and, of course, at our website at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. And that's where you can sign up to the newsletter, join the Discord channel and find all sorts of other amazing resources for writers. As a UK-registered charity, the National Centre for Writing does rely on the generosity of supporters to help make our work possible. You can make a donation over on the website by going to the Support Us page. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks again and keep writing. <laughs>